I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich men Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. School of Humans. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cadaver Gals. This is a show where we talk about all the ways you could die to cope with our own mortality. Look at us. We're all mentally fit now because we've been doing this (laughs) show. I'm your host, Gabby, along with Taylor. Hello. Also known as Taylor and also Nika. Hi. So we're going to hear the story about how nine hikers mysteriously died in russia um you might have seen some flashy reporting on it recently and also we're going to nika's going to tell us about a man who was a little bit too obsessed with a woman and it got really messed up so we're gonna have some fun right guys it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be (laughs) so fun okay some trigger warnings for today are corpses decomposition burning things getting lost mystery mystery (laughs) mystery can be very triggering (laughs) some people want concrete answers and we can't they need closure also uh scary supernatural monsters question mark so those aren't really trigger warnings as much as they were sound very triggering but okay hey that's the thing about triggers. You don't, they are so specific to people. Okay. I can't. That's true. That's true. Also, as always, three women talking. There is a trigger. That's that. always a trigger for someone. <laughs> That's always a trigger. <laughs> someone out there is very triggered right now. Uh, all right. Cue alligator music. Cadaver gals. So here we are, the cadaver gang. 
ready to talk about some mysteries. This is where the mystery trigger warning comes <laughs> in. So You're jumping right into it. <laughs> We're jumping right into the mystery. All right, Taylor, tell take it away. Okay. We're gonna hop into our imagination airplane. And we're going over to Russia. (laughs) Imagination airplane. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Because we can't get in a real airplane right now. Um, We're going to Russia in 1959, or I guess the Soviet Union, as it was at the time, and specifically the Ural Mountain Range. It's about 1,600 miles long, 93 miles wide, and elevations over 6,000 feet. So not super big, but you know, it's... It's it's a big it's a big daddy I would say. Wait, how is oh. that not big? I don't know. Well, because I looked up the the largest and it was like millions of miles or something and I was like, "Oh, okay. That's a lot." It could it be millions of miles? I know, that was a little bit dramatic, but it was a lot. No, bigger. not high though. You mean like across? Yes. Okay, yeah, a million miles high would be space. Right. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> that was great, Gabby. <laughs> Listener, just so you know, we're recording earlier for scheduling purposes, and I am half dead. And Gabby <laughs> clearly has very smart journalistic questions and ideas. I always do. This will be unique. You'll, you're, you're getting a whole different version of us. Okay. Oh, yeah. So obviously, the adventurous types, they like to go skiing, hiking, And that's what these nine college students did in January of 1959. I didn't do that shit in college. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. The adventurous types. So you're not adventurous then. And neither am I, which is fine. Is it? Yeah. Okay, great. Everyone on Tinder are like, I'm adventurous. But are you? Would you go to that mountain range? Take adventure off your Tinder bio if you wouldn't go to that mountain range and die. Also, everyone who wants to go on adventures, they're always like adventures. And I love dogs and I love breweries. I'm like, this was oh, yeah. the last 35 profile. So you are you don't like adventure. You're boring. Anyway. Okay. I like those things, but it's fine. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> adventure for them is like fighting off COVID by going to a brewery on a weekend. Anyway. Okay. So. Which we did, by the way, listener. We did that last weekend. So. Okay. All right. Let's, let's reel it back in. Okay, we're, we're back, back in the Soviet Union, in 1959. All of these people were, they were regular hikers and skiers. It was their winter break at school, so they made a plan to ski 200 miles over the course of 16 days, which that seems like mm, a lot of miles. Wait, over 16 days? Mm-hmm. That seems like a lot to me. I don't know. I think that's a normal amount because based on how I imagine, like, in Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings, I think they're doing like 20 miles a day when they're trying to get to Mordor or something like that. So I think 20, that's about like a little bit more than 20 miles a day, but it's on skis. So you'd be faster no. than walking across Gondor and Middle Earth. 200 divided by 16 is 12 and a half. Oh, well, that seems so easy peasy. That actually doesn't seem that bad. Okay. Anyways, math. Honestly, they should have challenged themselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll get to some challenges here in a minute. Honestly, though, nothing sounds worse to me than camping in snow. Yeah, that sounds bad. Like camping is one thing, but camping in snow, buh. 16 days, that's too many. Anyways, so on January 28th, one of the hikers cut the trip a little bit short. He had like some knee and joint pain. So he like he left and the leader of the group told the guy who left early. He was like, hey, we'll let you know when we get back. 
be back around the 12th of February. We'll we'll hit you up, let you know how it goes. Go to that brewery, you know, have a grand time. So the 20th of February rolls around and no one has heard from anyone in the group. So friends and family are worried. Search party goes out, went to go find them. The army gets involved, planes, helicopters searching the area. So on February 26th, the searchers find their campsite. And the campsite was hella sketchy looking. They had their all nine boots were lined up against a wall. And then they found their tent with all of their belongings inside, like food, clothes, everything. And the tent was ripped open or slashed open from the inside. And then nine sets of footprints running away from the tent like they were trying to escape from something. And then bonus, all of these footprints were either barefoot or like had socks on. And there was like one boot footprint. And it is like between negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit and negative 60 degrees Fahrenheit. It is very cold. So you can't be. Ew, that is so cold. Yeah. And they obviously, they knew this. They're experienced hikers. They, They know that you can't just be running around in the snow. So like something happened. Well, what happened, Taylor? Is it a bear? Is it a bear? <laughs> that was my first thought. A bear got them. Who? It's possible. Okay. So the investigators follow the footprints, which leads them to some woods, and then the tracks disappear. Dun, dun, dun. Or they were just covered up with snow, which is very possible. This is also like Lord of the Rings, where Aragorn sees Marion Pippin's oh footprints God. in the two towers, and he tracks them into the woods. Okay, great. So Morning Gabby basically is Lord of the Rings references. That is so good to know. I Yeah. Mm, I don't think that's just morning time. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard Gabby talk so much about Lord of the Rings in one episode, but keep going. I actually really like it. Okay. <laughs> I actually like what you're doing. This time it's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, this time. So eventually the, the searchers, they find the first two bodies and they are found near some fire remains. These bodies were barefoot and they were only wearing like long underwear. So they were like, they didn't have shirts on. They were practically naked in the cold, but they were by what looked like a campfire. They had made a fire to try and stay warm. There were also like some branches that were like kind of cut down. Um, It looks like somebody like tried to climb a tree to like see like, like try to find a way out or something. We don't know because we're not them. And then later, three more bodies are found, and they assumed that they were heading back to the tent. They were, like, kind of, like, on their way back. And then the last four hikers were not found for another two months because they had been covered up by snow. They were more adequately dressed, though. They, like, perhaps they, they found, they took some of the clothes from, like, the other body, like, their friends or whatever. So maybe that's why they were naked or something. I don't know. That's bleak. Yeah. So now we have all of the bodies. So an investigation and autopsies take place. So it's found that six of them died from hypothermia, which makes sense. It was very cold. One died from chest trauma, which caused internal bleeding. One had like a partially crushed skull. And the last one had chest trauma. And I don't know like which one of which but like one of them was missing a tongue and one of them was missing their eyes oh yeah a bear like wouldn't just go for the tongue and the eyes right 
Like, they're not picky like that. So Nika has a, Nika's theory, she crushed it. It's gone. She's, she no longer thinks it was crushed a bear. like the skull. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then also during the autopsy, they found traces of radiation on all of the hikers. And remember, we're in Russia. So this is like all very sus. This is sus as hell. Yeah. It's sus because we're in Russia. It's, well, it's <laughs> sus in general, but it's even <laughs> susser because, you know, Russia. So we had... Uh, Stalin was doing his thing, which, by the way, have you ever seen a picture of Stalin when he was younger? Was he fine? I swear if you tell me he was hot. So cute. Noah! Yeah, sorry. I know. It's bad. It's bad. Was he more of like a Samwise Gamgee cute or more like a Frodo Baggins cute? Like kind of an edgier cute. I've never read or seen Lord of the Rings. (gasps) Sorry. Even I have. Oh, even Nika has. But that's just because a, a, a boy. <laughs> I, I never actually sat down and said, I want to watch all of these by myself. Great. So Me neither. I've never said that <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've never seen it. So I can't make that reference. But he was like hipster cute. Okay. So probably like Frodo Baggins. Okay. Dictate me, daddy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the hikers had actually – they had documented their whole trip, which was nice because they were at least able to put together, like, what happened up until that event, and everything seemed to be going dandy. But then, obviously, something happened, slashed the tin open, leaving all their stuff. So the investigation happens, and the investigation, they say that they all died from an elemental force that the tourists were unable to overcome – and then the case file is classified. They're like super top secret. Don't look into it. They just something happened and they weren't able to survive it. Like that's literally what right. they said. Totally normal. <laughs> totally normal. Elemental force. What? An elemental force. Don't you worry. Yeah, I feel like that could describe any death. An elemental force happened. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so this led to all kinds of rumors and conspiracies, which is my favorite part. Oh, and uh, also while well, I was doing my research. One of the articles that I read was kind of talking about how conspiracies come about. And like in the U.S., it's, you know, your average schmo watching the news or whatever. And he's like, well, well, hell, you know, and then just like make something (laughs) random up. Um, (laughs) Oh, hell. hell. I'm pretty sure that's what they do first. Like, Oh, hell, this is too weird. It must have been whatever. I don't know. I can't even think of a conspiracy right now. Okay. Oh, hell, these politicians must be lizard people. Exactly. I don't know how you make that connection, but people do. They do. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, some way. I don't know. But in Russia or the Soviet Union, rumors start at the top, like start at the government, and they suggest them to the people, which is like really strange to me. That's cute. Okay, this is my favorite. So in 1990, the former Communist Party leader that was like near um, of like the town that was nearby told newspapers like an article went out and then he like responded to it saying that there was a possible ufo and he said that balls of fire were seen in the area it turns out <laughs> i like how his accents like that because i think everyone with the conspiracy theory has this like southern accent i guess i don't know <gasps> even if they're russian right exactly there are balls of fire in russia this is how we talk down there surely they have like a southern strange accent right like in their own version yeah there's certainly a southern have accents within their language anyway 
And that's the one that is accurate to where this is. Yeah. So he said that balls of fire were seen in the area, but turns out that was from some missile tests that happened like after the event. So they're like, whatever, that's not a thing. But the same guy also said that it could be indigenous people or radiation from weapon tests. But then this dude actually was like, I'm thinking it was, quote, a heat ray or strong energy that is unknown to us. So this dude, he's like 100% aliens. <laughs> Helpful. So this this one dude, he's like a politician or was a politician. He was like, definitely aliens, UFOs. That happened. Others are like, mm, it was definitely the abominable snowman. And he took him out, took out everyone, whatever, freaked them out. Makes sense. Others are like, no, it's Arctic dwarves, which I just like didn't even have time to go down that rabbit hole. I was like, what is an Arctic dwarf? I don't know. I did like one Google and I was like, this is too much. Can't handle it right now. Um, And then others are like, oh, they saw something that they shouldn't have. And it was like some KGB action or something. And a lot of people are like the government and the military definitely involved. Yeah, because, like, every single theory that we've said so far is, like, fantasy. So I'm like, where are the... The legit where ones? Are the, the legit conspiracy theories, if there is a legit conspiracy theory. Don't you worry. Let's fast forward to 2020. Literally oh, last no. year. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're... I hate 2020. I know, 2020 was terrible, but they were like, we need to figure this out. This is This is the time. We're in quarantine... We got to solve this and let's be real this time. Let's none of this UFO, none of this Bigfoot. <laughs> Arctic dwarves. <laughs> These Arctic dwarves, like whatever. With a tongue fetish. <laughs> so anyway, so last year, American and Russian scientists say that severe winds came in through the mountains, creating a vortex. Oh, wait, this is one possibility. Created a vortex, which produced a low frequency sound that vibrated in their ear, causing nausea and psychological discomfort, which could explain them fleeing the tent. Right. Possible. Sure, why not? But then kind of like the latest and greatest theory is that there was a really small avalanche that came in, causing the group to panic, leave their tent, got lost, and succumbed to the elements. Now, this would explain injuries of, like, falling debris. The snow, They were saying that the snow was super heavy. You know, they're saying that that's probably the most likely. There's There wasn't a lot of evidence of an avalanche, but they're saying that it could just be, like, super small and it just, like, freaked them out. But not everyone's convinced, as you can imagine. You know, a lot of people are saying that the that it wasn't steep enough for an avalanche like that to happen. And they also were saying, like, no, these... These hikers were smart enough. They would know not to build a camp at the bottom of like where an avalanche could happen. So basically, we may never know for sure. But likely scenario, the most likely scenario is an avalanche. Personally, I think that maybe it was Arctic a... Arctic dwarves. Arctic dwarves. But I'm actually thinking UFO. But maybe it was these aliens that were also... They could have looked like the Arctic dwarf. Yeah, the avalanche thing just, like, doesn't track because, like, if what they're saying is, oh, they panic, then it's like, okay, I, too, gouge my eyes out, like, when I panic. Well, like, what? <laughs> so that that could actually be relatively easy, easily explained by, like... Oh, tell me, tell me. By, like, decomp... Well, there's not a lot of decomposition going on because it's cold, right? But, you know, animals, birds, that sort of thing. 
Oh, could explain you think that, that it happened after he Post died? Mortem, or yeah. He or she died. Oh, okay, okay. That's what they got the tongue. The tongue. Maybe a a greedy crow. I don't know. A crow that an Arctic tongues. crow dwarf got the eyes. <laughs> yeah. So Oh, it just gets worse. But so, the ones who were covered in snow, I guess it wasn't enough snow to be like an avalanche. And also they could see their footprints. So that's suspicious because if right? they could follow their footprints, why weren't the hikers able to just like follow their footprints back? So one of the theories is so the ones that were covered up by snow, that that was the avalanche, right? And it covered mm-hmm. them up. The people in the tent hear this or whatever, though you would think that, that they would still put on maybe some clothes or their boots at least and probably go out the exit of the tent rather than slash it Instead open. Instead of like slashing, yeah. you know, like a Liam Neeson movie. But um, so they were saying that maybe they were such close friends that they would, you know, definitely go and try and rescue them. So they were saying that maybe that's what they were trying to do. And so the avalanche came and came and they couldn't find them. And then so they could only follow their footprints. So it, so it was like not over their tent necessarily, but it was, you know, it got to those other people in which they had more clothes on. So that also makes sense that they may have been out and prepared or something. Hmm. There you go. There's another story of mine where we don't know, really. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. You love those stories, Taylor. I do. I love a good mystery. So trigger warning mystery. Um, (laughs) And, you know, your hopes and dreams of having a nice conclusion are, you know, you don't get those. You don't get to have your dreams come true. So sorry. I think you can pick which one you like the best, though. Yeah, history. Which Pick makes- what you like best. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. No. In this scenario. Well, Taylor, thank you for leaving us hanging You're and, welcome. you know, putting that knot in our stomach where we're like, oh, I just want to be satisfied with the conclusion and I don't get it. So I thank you so much. No, um, it's an avalanche. That's scientists are like avalanche. But also. But the conspiracy theorists out there are like, no. Arctic doors homicide or something and also maybe the yeti and speaking of the yeti that's so crazy that i just brought it up because i'm going to talk a little bit more about the yeti um after the break i'm scott weinberger journalist and former deputy sheriff in my new podcast series cold-blooded the apollo jim murders i'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter billy halper just a shame you know that they took him from us Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, welcome back to Cadaver Gals. Taylor was just telling us about nine hikers who mysteriously died in the Soviet Union in the 1950s. And Taylor, you did bring up that some people thought it was the Yeti, Mm -hmm. perhaps the abominable snowman, as we like to call it in the United States here. But I think it is extremely unlikely that a Yeti would have done this or the Yeti, however many Yetis you think there are, because the Yeti actually has a very gentle demeanor and a sacred background. They're actually, uh, they come from some Sherpa and Tibetan Buddhist practices and, and they're in that kind of lore in that area. So I want to kind of sort of talk about a Yeti and I really want to do like in defense of the Yeti, why a Yeti wouldn't have done this because they seem like they're really nice. Yeah, I think that they're really sweet and snuggly. Like they would have, he would have like cuddled them and kept them warm, I think probably. Well, like that Monster Zinc Yeti. The first thing when I hear Yeti, that's the guy I think of, the one who makes the yellow popsicles. I love him. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, in a lot of other, you know, sort of American movies and Western movies, you know, often it's the abominable snowman. But I think it's a bad representation because basically this negative connotation around the Yeti came about 
1921 when there was a dude who was talking to a British newspaper and he said that he had seen the Yeti uh, many years back and he made the unfortunate word choice of abominable when he was describing it um, and he was saying how it was really scary, formidable hands, um, also said some racist things about comparing it to someone who is Chinese. And then, yeah, he was really scared and it was called it a beast. But here's the thing. The real origin of the Yeti comes from Sherpa folklore. Uh, the word Yeti der- derives from a Sherpa dialect that means cave dwelling bear and there's two different like yeti creatures one has four legs so it's more most likely just like a bear and then there's also the bipedal yeti that is closer to human size there's a lot of people who you know believe they are real creatures and they describe them more as like an ape instead of a bear and you know they're saying that yetis are they're nocturnal they like to yell out they like they they let out a wild shriek sometimes and also, notably, they're feminist. You know, the leader of their packs are female. Oh, so good. Ooh, I love that. One, this is one interpretation of the Yeti. What do you think they sound like, Gabby? <coughs> oh, no. Great. That's, that's exactly what I was wanting. I, I'm saying this because I, I am a Yeti. That, that is what I'm <laughs> You I'm are the leader out. of the Yetis. I am the leader of one pack of the Yetis. But this sort of comes from more Buddhist, from more Buddhism ideas, because there's this one idea that there was the manifestation of a female god and a male god, and the female was a rock ogress, and the male was a monkey, and they made it, and that made the yeti. Oh. Oh, my God. So that's like the deity yeti idea. I like that. And there's a lot of debate in like Buddhism. They're like, can a Yeti actually practice Buddhism? Because usually Buddhism is limited to the human form. But they're like, well, they're kind of human. They have human characteristics. So yeah, maybe a Yeti can be a Buddhist. Okay. And so obviously with the Buddhists, you know, that's sort of a, it's a, a nicer, calmer, more pacifist idea of like what a Yeti is. They're gentle and kind because there is this one story of this one Sherpa Buddhist he like went to go pray in a cave and a lot of times when these religious leaders would do that people would you know come and bring them food and water for their meditation but in this story there was a yeti who actually did that so it's saying the yeti was helping this sherpa buddhist what a king oh my so gosh nice. i want a yeti to just hold me in their big arms and like <laughs> just like keep me warm i'm sorry yeah, and there's, I like, this. paintings and, like, imagery and, like, uh, Tibetan Buddhism of yetis. And they seem like nice, nice people, nice human-ish type people to hang out with. But also, you know, there is this other idea where the yeti is sort of... The yetis are thought to be manifestations of a deity that's there to maintain the harmony of community. So if you do act out... They will create the Yeti to, you know, restore order and the Yeti will do whatever it takes. So, you know, the Yeti could be dangerous to you. Like if you hear a Yeti, see a Yeti, that could be a bad omen at the same time. But in general, it seems like, you know, they're not just these monsters. They're like, they're just trying to make sure everyone has like, you know, their say, their voice, the communities in harmony. That's what they're trying to do. I so, love that. So, I mean, yeah, maybe the Yeti did it because maybe these hikers were doing something. Mm. Honestly, Yetis have big dick energy. That's all I'm going to say. Well, that's an interesting point that you bring up, Nika. (laughs) 
But I'm feeling, you know, the Yetis, maybe they had to maintain harmony and maybe that's why they had to get rid of these hikers. But I also do not see them as like aggressive. So Yeti, I think I just proved the Yeti theory. So you're yeah, welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Because they have a different disposition. You know, they're not these evil monsters trying to rip out people's tongues. They wouldn't do that kind of shit. No. They would not. I'm no. in love with a Yeti. Yeah. I'll just say it. I'm in love with a Yeti. <laughs> Okay, Nika, now that we've established your attraction to the Yeti, it is time for you to tell us a new story. Um, I think that this story actually does have a conclusion. Okay. Oh. I know. I know. I'm bringing you guys the goods. Okay. Well, let okay. me do another trigger warning. Trigger warning, drawing <laughs> conclusions. Okay. Absolutely. Let's go so, for it, Nika. This is a story for romantics and also for people that are deranged. Um, you know, I see thing. you all, I hear you all, and I present to you this lovesick or just sick man known as Carl Tanzler. This is a really intense story. Buckle up, put your little seatbelts on, strap on with your strap-ons, let's get it. Okay, it's 1930s. And Carl is this German-born radiologist who immigrated to Florida after World War I. He spent some time in Australia, then he moved to um, Holland, I believe, and then he moved to Florida because his sister was there. So uh, he's in Florida with his wife and his two daughters, and they settle into American culture, okay? Now, let me just say this. This man left his family and moved to Key West to work in a marine hospital as an x-ray technician, like maybe two years into living in Florida. So y'all know how I feel about men who leave their families. Like, for me, this man's already canceled. But he's going to get more canceled. He's going to get more canceled. Let's Terrific. continue. Yeah. So he's in Key West, living his single life, whatever. He's 50 at this point. And he meets this 22-year-old woman, Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos, and her mother brought her in because Maria was dying of tuberculosis. Ooh, bad. Now, back then, tuberculosis was like kind of a death sentence. And so he was freaking out because apparently over Carl's life, he claimed that he would see the ghost of a stunning dark-haired woman. And he felt like that stunning woman was going to be the love of his life. Now, first of all, can you imagine being married to this guy and he starts telling the story about the ghost that visits him? What the fuck? Like, I would not be okay with that. But okay, go marry her then. That would be, yeah, that'd be so rude being like, hey, I know I'm so married rude. to you, but the love of my life is this ghost. So, so exactly. sorry. Exactly. Exactly. So, so he believes this, and then in walks Maria, dying, and she needs his help. So, of course, he wants to help her. So he gets to work. He's convinced that she is it for him, and he starts taking care of her in her family's home, and um, he showers her with gifts. He tells her that he loves her. He tells her family that he loves her, like, the whole thing, and it's recorded that she did not feel the same way, <laughs> Oh gosh. but, like, also, she was dying, <laughs> and he seemed to be her only chance, so she wasn't, like, fuck off, you know? He literally tries everything to save her. I say everything, but, like, did he ever take her to a qualified doctor? Because he was just an x-ray technician. Yeah, honestly. Anyway, he gave her medicine and elixirs and tonics and tried everything that he knew to do, but nothing worked. And then in October of 1931, she passed away. Yeah. So, he pays for her funeral. He gets her this expensive mausoleum that only he has the key to. Ooh, oh. His family is like, this is kind of weird, but also, like, 
Funerals are expensive. So yes, he can pay for it. And he loved her, you know? Okay. Mm. This is love. This is what, what love. This, this is a is healthy love. relationship. Yes. So he hires a mortician to prepare her body and he is heartbroken. Carl ends up visiting Maria Elena for two years straight, every single night. And he would like sing Spanish love songs to her. He was super dedicated. And the tomb that he bought, I saw a picture of it and it's insane. It's like big and bright white and has fresh flowers always. And um, her name is like at the front. It was just very intentional, very beautiful. Like clearly he cared a lot about her. For what reason? I don't know. But he did, you know. It's like, I guess it's that thing where you meet someone and you just become obsessed with them. And it's like infatuation. And he just thought she was the ghost, you know? The like pre-ghost. It's just weird that there was a pre-ghost before she was dead that visited him. Absolutely. That is kind of strange. But that's that could be like him seeing into the future, right? Well, I think that's what he believed. He was like, I've seen this ghost for so long. And then this woman comes into my life. Clearly, she's the love of my life. And then she dies. It's like, I've seen you dead. This mm-hmm. is the one. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, not for long, she dies, because things get a little weird. Great. And he abruptly gets fired from his job two years after Maria Elena's passing. And he stops visiting the grave, which her family found kind of weird, weird. Because he, loved he her. was so, I know, he was so intense about visiting her every night. Well, <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> so bad um it turns out he had taken her body from the gravesite and moved it into his apartment oh, yes. oh, oh yeah. carl what are you doing what are you doing carl so he had an abandoned airplane hangar that he converted into like a medical facility i put little <laughs> quotation marks because okay that and is so he, suspicious yeah. Oh, yeah. And he spent a couple of weeks maintaining the corpse because it had been obviously in a tomb for two years. He basically did a bunch of DIY tricks to preserve the body as much as possible. So, like, he put glass eyes into her eye sockets. Like, he replaced a lot of the decomposed skin oh. with silk coated in wax and plaster. Um, he also just coated the body in perfumes and oils because the smell of death and decay was so strong. And he would do this for years. Like, always just strong perfume, strong fresh flowers, all of that sort of stuff because the smell was so bad. Her hair had fallen out, and so he ended up making a wig from her past haircuts, like hair clippings that I guess her mom had kept and gave to him. Oh, that's Mother, why? You know? Like, it's kind of sketchy that he wants that, but okay. And so he made that little wig. She had a short a short haircut wig, you know, short queen. He used coat hangers and wires to make sure that she could stand upright and oh, then stuffed good. her abdomen with rags Ugh. to keep her physical, like, composure, like, her body. Nope. Oh. This man. No. I do not y'all, like him at all. Y'all yeah. listen. There was even a tube inside her vagina. Oh. <gasps> uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carl. It's bad. It's bad. No. Um, he never admitted to necrophilia, but like, why would it be there? Why? Yeah. Why would it be I'm there? Stressed. Why is there a tube there? Yeah, I know. I'm going to, th- yeah, my notes, my outline notes literally says throws up because I'm disgusted. Okay. I'm disgusted. Yeah. So um, while he was working on her body, he also made a million volt Tesla coil, which is 
like a lot of energy and basically his idea was that he wanted to use it to electrocute her into being revived. And he tried, y'all, bless him, he tried. There's an insane-ass pic of him next to the Tesla coil that he made that we'll also post. But like... Man, our Instagram is just full of like insane, insane people. But like... Also just like a Frankenstein situation. Yeah, he knows that's not possible. What is wrong with him? I don't think he knows that, Taylor. That's the thing. He should. Like... You know, science just wasn't where it was, like, in the 30s. Like, they, they... <laughs> I don't know if it was she, that. She, like, didn't so... have any of her organs. And he's like, I'm still gonna... She did not. That is true. They were rags. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, and it gets a little bit more bananas. So oh, good. he takes her, you know, body, which at this point looks more like a doll than a person. Which, by the way, he also, like, painted on eyebrows, like on her silk wax, you know, face. And um, the eyebrows were so thin. Like, that's not cute. Like, y'all need to make sure that your eyebrows are well filled in if you can. Men don't know how to do eyebrows. Men don't know how to do eyebrows. Not even this doctor. Okay. So he takes the body. Not all men. he's done with not it. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> and he takes it to his apartment. And he perfumes it all the time, like I said. And he lived as if she was alive. He would sleep next to her. He would dance with her. He would sing to her. He'd buy her gifts constantly. Obviously, it's never confirmed, but why is the tube there? Um, And he (laughs) lived in a small town at the time. So people started talking like, oh, Carl's in a good mood. Who's making Carl so happy? You know, this little weird scientist man. Who's he buying gifts for? Like, this is so strange. And obviously, Maria Elena's family were kind of weirded out because they had been really close to him. And then suddenly he stops visiting the grave doesn't really talk to them anymore, like, is just very detached, and suddenly meets this new woman. Who's the new woman, they want to know. (laughs) Well, okay. Also, a little boy. Not new. Yep. She's just new and improved. They just rekindled the flame, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Also, this is terrible. A little boy reported seeing him dancing with what seemed to look like a doll. (laughs) Yikes. Um, That's traumatizing to watch. Yeah. Okay. So he was living, you know, what he felt was his best life. And then one day, Marianne's sister was like, I need to go meet this woman because what is going on? She walks into his apartment. And of course, there's someone that vaguely looks like her sister. And dot, 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 dot. Sure enough, it's her sister. She realizes that. So she alerts the authorities, takes Marianne's body away. They arrest Carl. The trial obviously becomes a massive scandal. He's on trial for grave robbing and mummification. And I guess nothing else. Like, what's the charge for having a bad personality? (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I didn't know that you could have, like, a key to a mausoleum that gives you direct access to a body. I didn't know that was a thing. I think he put a lot of money into the mausoleum and into, like, the whole prep thing. And I guess they were just like, give the rich man things. Yeah. He said, so during this trial, he basically said that the more that he visited Maria Elena, the more he felt her spirit tell him, take me away. Like, I'm stuck here. I don't want to be here. I want to be with you, whatever. And so he was like, okay. And he did it. He also said that he wanted to blast her into the stratosphere because he felt like the electrical energy from space would revive her solar neurons was he like looking for like okay so he saw this ghost in his dreams or whatever and he loved her blah 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 but like so did was he like trying to revive her spirit or was her did he say like her spirit was still there do you know what i mean 
No, he said his her spirit was still there. He wanted to revive her, her physical body. body. Her physical Got body. It. Yes. And of I this is so bananas to me, but you know what? People romanticize serial killers all the time. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, she's so bananas romantic and sweet." <laughs> like no. like this so strange romantic. eccentric guy like loved her so much. Well, uh, and this man, y'all, he was cleared of all charges. What? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes. Because of the statute of limitations. So fun, so fun. He had lived with Maria Elena's body for seven years, and apparently that's enough time to not be guilty of grave robbing or mummification. Well, yeah, love that. But, like, love that. Yeah. And obviously, so we're in the 30s. He, free and clear, you know, goes away, lives his life, and then they end up putting Maria Elena's body on public display, because that's what you do with mummies, I guess, before finally burying her in an unmarked grave so he would not find her again. That's sad. <sighs> that is very sad. You have to, like, hi- to hide a body from somebody? Because, like, he was so obsessed with her. Ew, I don't like that at all. Which is, like, so gross, because literally he met her once and then was like, okay, she's the one. And I'm just like, dude... What? No. Date a little bit. You know, get to know her. (laughs) Get to know her. Yeah, she has tuberculosis, but you know, there's probably a lot of other conversations you could have been having. So that's the conclusion. That's the story. I hate that, you know, he got away with it, but if it makes y'all feel better, he died alone and was found three weeks after he died in his home. So (laughs) yeah, that makes me feel better. I feel so good now. Nika, thank you for sharing that nightmare and I am excited to have bad dreams tonight. So thank you. And uh, guys, we're going to be right back and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the different types of effigies you can make, you know. So uh, let's make our own. Okay, we'll be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, guys, welcome to the last section of Cadaver Gals today. And Nika was talking about a terrible thing that happened, something we like to do on this show. And (laughs) Carl made Maria Elena into an effigy, basically. So we were thinking about, you know, what is an effigy? Could we make our own? Like, what would be the best fit for our own effigies and because i think nick has expressed in the past that you know she would love to have a sculpture Mm -hmm. of herself you know after she dies so let's figure out what might be a good fit for us okay Um, i didn't know what an effigy was before you started talking about it can you tell us what an effigy is basically it is just any sort of model or structure of somebody like so it's very vague they don't have to be dead or alive but just like a structure of a person basically gotcha. yeah but like a diy version not like a well some are it? not that diy okay. there's some sometimes a lot of work goes into these effigies it just really depends on what you want and so it's sort of like the most common effigy i would say is the political effigy because you know you need to set your intention with your effigy so we're doing the political stance and political effigies could date back to 1328 when some troops of the holy roman emperor at the time burned a straw puppet uh, that was supposed to represent the Pope. So that was cool of them. That's like, you know, the first sort of burning of an effigy that we have written down. And this practice of burning political people is still 
done throughout the world from like India to the Philippines to the U.S. to Afghanistan. There's all sorts of people who be burning political effigies. And it's, you know, it's a statement. It's like a literal roast of somebody, you know, just being like, hey, you f- you fucked up. We don't like you. Um, yeah, we're not going to burn you for real. That would be crazy. So we're just going to burn a likeness of you. And you can build this effigy out of wood, straw, wax, lots of other different materials. American presidents are a widely popular effigy to burn around the world. From Bush to Trump to Obama, we are hated around the world for a variety of reasons. If you like Google Afghanistan, George Bush effigy burning, you get a beautiful gallery of photos of different (laughs) George Bush effigies. I think now that you explained effigies, we have those in Colombia. We do them for New Year's Eve. But it's only like in smaller towns. And I I remember when I was younger, driving past like a smaller town, we were going to like another city or whatever. And I saw these, they looked like dolls. And they were outside of everyone's home. Like there was one doll per household. And what they do is they fill it with fireworks and it represents like the past year. And then at midnight, they light them on fire slash like, you know, turn the fireworks on. I don't know how fireworks work. But then they explode into the air. Oh, that's exciting. That is fun. We, I feel like we should have done that for 2020 or going into 2021. We definitely should have done that for 2020. I'll do, I'll do it next year. I'll do it this year. Great. Yeah, because that's another use of like beyond the political effigy. There's also seasonal effigies. So there's lots of different people around the world who, yeah, they to for the transition between seasons or around any like particular holidays, there's usually an effigy burning, you know? Um, or a lighting on fire, or even the effigy, you know, a pinata is an effigy in many ways. So like, you know, there's a lot of pinatas are used for, you know, more of like a political stance. So you can like, you know, have your Donald Trump pinata and beat the shit out of it or, you know, whichever sort of pinata person that you want. Also, fun fact, pinatas were originally made out of clay bowls, which does sound more exciting to break. Ooh, yeah, the sound. A little more dangerous, though, right? Yeah, dangerous as heck. You'd need goggles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking, Nika, if we made a pinata of you, what do you think it should be filled with, you know? Um, Like press-on nails, obviously. Yeah, that would be a good choice. Like the click-clack on the the ground as they all (laughs) spread everywhere. And they're all different colors, all different sizes. You've got almond-shaped. You've got coffin-shaped. You've got square-shaped. You've got oval-shaped. That would be uh, fun once you, like, break it open and yeah. then you, like, get it what you can. And then you would have just, like, this crazy combination of nails. Absolutely, yeah. I press on nails and, like, little Vaseline jars. Oh, yeah. Nice. Also a staple. You're welcome, everyone. And, Stay moisturized. And Instagram. <laughs> Instagram the concept. <laughs> Instagram yes. the concept. Just iPhones. Just fall out of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think mine would just be filled with like Lord of the Rings DVDs, yeah. you know, just smash them open, you know, just a handful of DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, Taylor, would yours just be Gus coming oh! out of the pinata? <laughs> yeah. I don't okay. think we should put Gus in a pinata, no. though, because you do remember how you have to open up a pinata. That would be... <laughs> yeah, no. You have to beat it. Oh, no. Yeah, so just a little trigger warning. Post trigger warning. I know. Animal yeah. beating. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> my gosh. It's a post trigger warning. That's how it works. Uh, what you just heard, that was a trigger. Sorry about that. <laughs> so sorry. We just triggered you. My bad. <laughs> I don't know if, Nika, you fall into this like political effigy burning, but I did find a different type of effigy that I think you might be more on board with. 
It is a funereal effigy made of kings and queens that was done in the in England and France starting in the medieval time period. So here's what happens. Basically, when a monarch would die, what they would do is they would make a sculpture of them out of wood, wax, and cloth. And before the next royal was coronated, everyone had to treat that effigy as if it was a real person. Oh, no. Okay. So, like, the servants had to wait on it. Uh, They had to dress it and probably in very elegant finery, which I thought you might like. And yeah. then also, you know, I imagine they had to take like the king's council and they had to talk to this like effigy because <laughs> like before the next person was coronated, which I'm just like, that is so silly. That is insane. So, yeah. So I feel like this would be a good fit for you because I know we've talked about like royalty. You would like to be royalty. Mm-hmm. I would be the the mm-hmm. jester. Mm-hmm. Taylor would take care of the horses. Say, I'd be the, like the state, yeah. the, the, the stable girl, the grounds girl, the grounds girl, the girl of the grounds, the groundskeeper. I do, I do feel like though, once you're gone, like you're you're gone, like your spirit is gone, body is is whatever. I want like a sculpture to remember. I don't need a sculpture for people to wait on me because that's a little bit insane. Okay, well, <laughs> we won't. We'll make sure. We'll we'll keep that in mind. So keep me away from the Carl Tanzlers of the world. Yeah, I I think this is a good clarifying moment for us. And yeah, but then after they would coronate the people, then they would just like, you know, store the effigy, you know, like back in the janitor's closet or whatever. Like, they're just like, what do we do? They're like, it it feels weird to like get rid of this, like throw this away, like this effigy. I think we should, but we also don't know what to do with it. So they would sometimes, yeah, they would just like store it. Exactly. It was a very specific Can you imagine (laughs) opening a closet and there are like full life-sized wooden dolls of all these kings and queens? I would... I just, I, I imagine them like strewn about too, like not like, it's <laughs> just, just like, like tossed in there. Like, I don't know what to do with you. Oh no. Sorry. Like sometimes they would put them in the tombs, like, or like on top of the tombs or whatever, but then other, they would just be like, ah, and now they're like on display in like a museum, but how, it is kind of How freaky. meta, like to have your effigy guarding your tomb with your actual body inside of it. How bananas is that? So bananas. It's super Thanks. bananas. <laughs> Thanks, Taylor. Anyway, um, so effigies they be happening, but they don't they don't really do they don't do this anymore. You know, there's not effigies of the you know UK royals anymore. So um, good to know. Sadly, yeah. Prince William effigy. Yeah. If y'all do an effigy of Prince William, make sure it's when he's younger because he looks a little beat up now. Yeah, he, he sure he's does. Like, he was. Um, I, whatever awarded i don't know the word i'm looking for here oh yeah like, like most beautiful bald, bald man. man there's have you seen the rock yeah, <laughs> yeah. have you seen mr clean though i'm thinking that the royal family is like so racist that they're like we're gonna stop our effigy making now with like megan markle <laughs> <laughs> like that's oh my god honestly <laughs> honestly for all we know there are the effigies still there in the closet I mean, and they're in a museum now, but maybe they they probably do the put them in a closet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Secret, the royal <laughs> family's effig- secret effigies. <laughs> oh, we just started a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, we did. See? Starts with... Starts, starts with us being just like, <laughs> well, hell. Well, hell. <laughs> well, hell. The royal family's racist. What are we going to do? <laughs> okay. I feel like I learned... Or relearned or remembered that people are just very strange. Oh, yeah. 
That's a good Thanks, conclusion. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah. That's great. You're welcome. People are strange. They're and so I strange. think that's the new log line for the series. People are strange. And they die. <laughs> this is and then what like happens. a little shrug. Yeah. A little shrug. We little know winky two face. things. No. Winky shrug. They're strange no. and they die. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Taylor, for that. That was a beautiful conclusion. You're welcome. And Nika, thank you for uh, you know sharing your story. Taylor, thank you for sharing your story. You know. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna get out of here, and uh, you know do other things now. So we'll talk t- at you next week. Bye. <laughs> Cadaver Gals. Cadaver Gals is a production of iHeartRadio and School of Humans. And just so you know, we recorded this episode before Prince Philip died, so sorry for that relatively insensitive-seeming riff there at the end. Oops! Cadaver Gals is produced by Gabby Watts, Nika Duarte, and Taylor Church. And you can follow us on the internet, on Instagram and Twitter at cadavergals. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.